From the LiveX studios in New York City, Cheesehead TV brings you two guys who like to think they know something about football. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Packer Transplants Live. I am Aaron Nagler, and joining me, as always, is Mr. Corey Banke, my partner here at Cheesehead TV. I'm coming to you live from the Live X studio here in New York City. Corey joins me live from Green Bay, Wisconsin, across the street from Lambeau Field. We are ready to talk some Packers. What do we have on tap today, Corey? Today, we wrestle with the Packers being hard to watch and get ready for a primetime showdown with the Bills. But right now, it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. We got the good, we got Preston Smith and Devondre Campbell. We got the bad. We got Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. We got the ugly. We got Amari. Hold on to the ball, Rodgers. Hey. Corey, I got to let you know, right now I'm hearing a feedback loop. <laughs> I got an audio feedback you loop. Got, you got the show on open, open somewhere. We've already identified this. I do, I do not. I 100% Just... do not. No I'm just dear. letting you all know, I'm getting a delay, and it is well, driving the, me insane. The team will have to uh, check it out, make sure it's not happening on the actual stream. They will. They will indeed. Anyway, how are you doing, Corey? Uh, I'm good. My mom called me last night, and she said that she watched Packer Transplants, and she gave me a, a A-plus grade on it, so I was really happy <laughs> about that. Well, I'm sure mom was really proud of you and yeah. was really excited at your performance, yeah. There in front of many, many Packers fans around the world. Yeah. And I'm still getting a loop, just so we're all aware. <laughs> no one cares. Literally no one cares. Uh, that's, 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 that's great. That's great. Um, should we get to the hotness? Because we always want to talk about the good stuff and not the bad stuff. Let's, uh, let's get to the hotness, shall we? Let's do it. Oh, yeah, baby. Okay, let's be honest. Especially on offense, there wasn't a whole lot of hot to uh, draw from. But there was this sweet-ass play from Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones, particularly the catch. Everything about it is great. Let's roll this. Let's take a look at Aaron Rodgers rolling out to his left. Pump fake, get the guy in the flat, and then the sweet toss up to Aaron Jones, skying over the defender, I mean, let's take another look at this. What a look at this, ladies and gentlemen. That's a touchdown. That is a touchdown from Aaron Jones. Gotta love it. I like it. Gots to love it. Um was there any other roll in your head, roll back the roll back the game. Was there anything that you can think of that was hotter than that? Um I mean that first drive was cool. I don't know if it was hotter. <laughs> I really liked it, though. Actually, the thing that I think is the second most hot thing from that game was, and I, right. I was like so in disbelief from it, but when you had Aaron Jones on the left side and then you had Aaron, uh, A.J. Dillon on the right side and then they both went in motion at the same time, it actually looked like an X-Wing fighter opening its wings. It was really cool. It just I looked saw like, when looked dangerous. Right, right. 
because I was I was not there at the beginning of the game for watch party <sighs> because uh, the family it. stuff. But I went back and watched it, and you're right. That was that was pretty damn hot. That it, was cool. It blew hell. my mind when I saw it. I was like, "What?" I f- it felt like something I'd never seen. <laughs> what before. just happened? I was That's just like, so "This funny. is incredible." We we're gonna run the ball all day, and then <laughs> and then no, we sir. didn't. No, no, we are not. No, we are not. Um, all right, let's get to some Packers news, shall we? Uh, some 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 Packers news going on here, ladies and gentlemen. We got Christian Watson and David Bakhtiari both practicing. Obviously, that's good news. Although with Bakhtiari, who knows? He could practice all week, much like he did last week. Saturday could come along, and then he's not so good anymore. But Christian Watson being back out there, I know Bill Huber posted some video of him cutting. He looks really good, looks spry. Be nice to get him back. Be very, very nice. And, uh, Good to see him back on the practice field. Unfortunately, the other piece of news is Alan Lazard is dealing with a shoulder injury, which, mm. yikes. Um, you saw him go out there at the end of that Washington game. It's uh, obviously problematic, the fact that he had ice on the shoulder. Post game was seen in a sling this week in the locker room. Was not practicing today. Don't love it. Don't love it, especially in a game where you need all hands on deck. Don't love it at all. Um, the other thing you don't love is Rashawn Gary in the concussion protocol. I saw that yes. he wasn't practicing, and I assumed he was just dealing with the effects of the toe injury that kind of ailed him last week. But no, sir, he is in the concussion protocol. Hate that. Not liking that at all. Um, Corey, Corey, let me let me ask you this. You know what time of year it is? Do you know what time it's, of year it is? It's fall, autumn. I think they called it autumn sometimes. It, it is indeed. It is also... Almost the trade deadline in the NFL. So, of course, yeah, our annual oh, tradition yeah. oh, as goodness. Packers fans talking about, oh, they could trade for this guy. They could trade for that guy. And then they end up never trading. Not for trading guy. for but, anyone. But that's the news. The Packers have been linked to both A.J. Green and Chase Claypool with various reports. Okay. As always, I'll believe it when I see it. Although I will say, I think there's a slightly better chance this year than most. I, I the most years, really? I, I yeah, most years I kind of completely discount it. This year, I don't know. Just if you, because you know, we're losing, where they're at, just not just because they're losing, season. but just the way that there seems to be such a disconnect between what the personnel group handed the coaching staff and the way the coaching staff has utilized said personnel. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Hmm. I'm very interested to see how Brian approaches this. Uh, but yeah, I'm not. Again, I'm not really holding my breath in any way, shape, or form. And that's all the Packers news that's pr- fit to print. Corey, you want to talk about this offense? This bumbling, stumbling, bordering on inept offense? I don't understand anything anymore. I've uh, no. when it comes to the Packers offense, I've completely lost my mind. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I think, I think Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur have as well. I don't think I... you're alone. I like I I don't I don't understand I don't I don't get it like I I watch Dusty Evely stuff and I and mm-hmm. I try to get what they're trying to do and then it just it just you know and I I get this like you know we talked about this last week uh, some you know if everybody doesn't you know do their one eleventh and you know there was a little bit of talk about that today which we'll get to um, and people not doing their jobs and I totally get that but it just feels like. So many times this season, it feels like 
it, this play was perfect, everything was perfect, and this one thing didn't work, and so the play got completely effed up. And I just feel like maybe uh, we were spoiled by Brett Favre and a young Aaron Rodgers where, you know, there always seemed to be number two or number three was still a good option, and sometimes it was even the best option overall that we kind of fell into or dumped off to or checked right, down right, to or right. whatever the, the terminology you want. And I, and I just feel like that's just missing from this offense. It's like if number one – doesn't work number two is fucked number three <laughs> what was number three? No oh wait right yeah and so it just, that's what this offense feels like like if, if if it doesn't work the first time um don't ever try it again and um <laughs> you know uh keep trying to do the same thing that doesn't work i don't know i don't know this offense that's, just feels broke, and that's that last part is the key for me no i agree that last part is the key for me too is in the sense of like seven weeks in continuously trying to run the same style of offense that is clearly not working with the personnel on hand. Now, look, I think they did a good thing by switching around the offensive line. It's something that was sorely needed, Yeah. but why it took seven weeks to get Royce Newman off the field. I'll never know. I'll never understand it, but Tom Bombadil came in there and did a pretty damn good job. I thought like, Look, Zach Tom didn't come in and play, like, lights out on the road as a left tackle, his first start in the NFL. Obviously, the the design of the offense itself, getting the ball out of Aaron's hands quickly, certainly helps. They gave him help at times. He did give up a pressure or two here or there. But overall, for a rookie, making his first start in the NFL at left tackle, by the way, found, found out he was actually starting that morning, mm. although they did rep him during the week. But, you know... That's a pretty damn good performance, and I'm very interested to see what they do if Bakhtiari is able to go on Sunday night if they put Tom at right tackle over Yash. You know, neither one – I mean, literally this camp, Zach Tom had more reps at right tackle than Yash did. So interesting. I am, I'm interested to see how that plays out. But just a well, shout-out to believe after his you got to believe after his field. play uh, this last week, they're going to keep him in the mix now. Right, even if David comes I, back, I, no, I see that's my thing though. I mean, I don't know with this staff. Who knows? Because they have traditionally really liked experience over whatever youth and potential you might have on hand. Look no further than the playoff game where they wanted to put Billy Turner on a bum knee out there over Yash Nyman, who had played for them all year. Yeah. You know? So those are the things where it's like I I think what you're yeah what you just said to me perfect sense. But that has always been the case with this offensive staff. So, I, I mean, know, that's we'll probably see. the one thing you know. Had they had they decided that they had had the balls to run the ball, they had the line to somewhat do it with. Um, this this I, well, game. that's the thing. I think they were in a better spot, right? I think they were in a better spot. But here's the thing: they, we know they want to. They we know they want to throw the ball, right? We know they want to spread it out. They want to get the ball to their wide receivers. But right now, man, those that receiving core, it's such a mash unit at this moment. Uh, you talk about Lazar being down, Randall Cobb out for at least probably four, at least four more weeks. Um, Christian Watson back on the practice field, and that is encouraging. But can we get Amari Rogers the ball a little bit more? I understand everyone's ready to run him out of town because of the punt return thing, and I agree he should not be on returns ever again. Although now, watch Sunday night, he'll be out there. But oh yeah, for sure. I mean. For sure, but like there. They, he had a couple of plays, and I know everyone will talk about the drop, quote unquote, drop uh, on the deep kind of you know 
outside the pocket play that Rodgers throws deep and he just misses it off his fingertips. But that's not what you expect from Amari Rodgers. He's not a deep threat. But this is what you expect from Amari Rodgers. Let me roll this, Trevor. I, I love this play. Look at he's out in the flat. You're running everybody off, run him underneath. Two guys there, makes one guy miss, powers through another guy, and gets a first down. That's moving the chains. And I understand some of this is, yes, Washington's playing off, etc. But just a few more of those. Just get the ball in his hands. Let him operate. Like, I don't think that's a crazy idea, especially with Randall Cobb on the sideline. And I'm not saying feed him. I'm not saying feature him. But run a few plays for the kid. Get the ball in his hands. He had another catch in this game where – you know, it's second down, and Rodgers throws it low and a little bit behind him. He's trying to avoid the linebacker. I get it. He makes a great snag and brings up a third, or even I think it was a third down, a fourth and one. But, it's again, it's a nice play from a young player. Get him out there. Get him some opportunities, especially given the fact that you are so banged up at wide receiver. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Um, but I to mean, get back to funny, what you were saying. My my question about this offense, though, is right. does this offense even let you do that? Does this offense even let you go, like, if, if you wanted to go, hey, you know what, today's feature on the menu is going to be Aaron Jones, or today's feature is going to be Amari right. Rodgers. And, like, can you even cast like that? Like, I just don't think that's how this shit works, right? It's like, basically, you call a play X variable, and you go, oh, I might do Y, Z, A, B, too. And like, right, right, how do right. you, how do you, how do you do X if you can always go? I mean, I'm not talking about an audible either. Either it's 
like we've entered right, this right, no. fourth dimension play. of play right, calling right. where right. how do you even dictate? You know the whole terminology like we want to mm-hmm. dictate. How do you dictate with this offense? You don't. You basically everything is reactionary to the defense. We've gotten into this level where we don't even care how good we are. All we care about is and honestly, we're not even reactionary because if we were reactionary, we'd see a two box look and we'd try to run against it. It's like what, like oh, too shell high. Oh, okay, that's normally when I'd run. So it's we're like reacting off of the reaction. It's like if Tom Grassi did a reaction video of himself reacting to his reaction video. That's literally our offense. That'd be very Bo Burnham of him. That's, that's good stuff. But Corey, welcome, welcome. This is what I've been bitching about for weeks, and this is what's killing me. Right. And now, look, this is I did want to say I did want to touch on this because I, you know, I agree. And to your point, and I think that's an astute one as far as there are so many options built into every play. How do you feature a guy? Right. To that point, traditionally, and I think Matt operates this way, I could be wrong, but traditionally, every play caller has sections on that play sheet for certain players. Right. The old adage is always don't think X's and O's think Jimmy's and Joe's get the ball to your best players and that's what killed me about that fourth down throw to Romeo Dobbs look we all like Dobbs we think he's got promise but it's fourth and one hand the ball to AJ Dillon give it to your bruiser who's proven multiple times that he can get a tough yard you know but they they just overthink it and it just kills me that's the shit that drives me nuts but to the run the ball thing like it's it's obviously my desire that this team runs the ball and they get into the shotgun. They do the spread and they do, they try to zone run out of it. Like I hate that stuff, but at least they're trying to get the ball to their backs. What's killing them. And what definitely killed them against Washington is the pre-snap stuff that sets them back and puts them in either second and 20 or first and 15 or whatever. And it's like this team, like back in the day, Aaron Rodgers goes back, flips like a deep comeback to James Jones and they're on their way. They're like, it's third and one now or second and one. And it's easily overcome. That is not this team. That is not this offense. And they get into second and 20 and they are fucked, you know, or even first and 20 and they are dead. Like they just cannot continually overcome those mistakes. And that's what more than anything, if you can just stay ahead of the sticks, I think we'll see a few more runs. I think we'll see some more Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. But until they get out of their own way, and this has been going on for a while now. It's not just the Washington game. Like, the lack of discipline, the penalties piling up, I'm sorry. You know we love Matt LaFleur, but, man, that's an indictment on Matt. You just look like an undisciplined group. What are you focused on during the week? If this is happening again and again and again, which it is, and I understand some of it is, you know, you're kind of at – the mercy of fate in regards to who you're playing along the offensive line due to injury and David going out at the last second, et cetera. I get all that, but you had Newman out there for like six weeks. You know, it's just, those are the things that just blow my mind that I can't understand why on God's green earth, seven weeks in, you're still having this issue. I mean, I do understand the penalties come from, you know, yeah, we have a whole entire new line and you got to imagine if you're trying to fix the small things, you know, that's the thing that goes by the wayside, right? You're trying to fix, like, hey, you guys are three yeah. yards away from each yeah. other. I mean, I'm not making an excuse for it. I'm just saying, like, it's it's really when nothing is working, really, 
uh, probably the last thing you're working on is penalties. Right, right. <laughs> well, it's like a hold. I'll, I understand a hold happening, right? Like Yash on yeah. the rollout play Every where play. he grabs a guy. Yeah. Like, I get it, but, like, sometimes you're going to react. And some of that is subjective by the ref's eyes and whatever. Yeah. Like, I get all that. Holding happens. It sucks, but I get it. It's the pre-snap mental errors that just drive you insane and kill this team and kill this offense. They just they aren't built to overcome it. They can't. Not with the way they're running and not the way they have their personnel situated. All right. Let's stop talking about the annoying part of this team. Let's talk about the team, the side of the ball that shows some promise. I'm not going to say they've arrived. I'm not going to say they're great, but they're showing promise. That's the defense. Um, starting with Quay Walker. You talk about a kid who mm-hmm. finally showed signs of putting it together. This guy had a game on Sunday. Um, not just because, you know, he was there not overrunning things, getting there when the ball arrived for whoever he was in coverage, his zone or man. But, man, the way Joe Barry drew up some stuff for him to get after the quarterback, I like the mix, baby. I love getting him involved in all facets of the game. He really looked like he was coming into his own. Obviously, he's going to be tested on Sunday night. The the Bills are no joke. But, man, that's a good first step for a young player who they're asking to play a lot of football. That's a good sign. That's a really good sign. Everything we saw from Quay on Sunday afternoon. I liked Quay Walker in this game. He had a lot of he had a lot of nice plays. <laughs> he did indeed. You know, had some he nice was plays. Definitely, but definitely one shining point in this uh, defense. Couldn't put it together completely as those defensive backs. L- listen, listen. I, w- I would like to speak to the defensive backs of the Green Bay Packers at the moment. When a quarterback hands you a gift, hang on to it. These are gifts. These are given to you. These are bequeathed to you, if you will. These are yours. I understand you're, you're generous people and you, you don't want to be considered like, oh, I just take, take, take. I, I understand. But these are gifts. When <laughs> Taylor Heineke offers you a gift, hang on to it. Yeah. And look, Josh Allen has been known Accept it. to put the ball in harm's way, you know, to, oh, yeah. to, to offer up a gift or two. So please, I'm just. I'm, I'm begging you, defensive backs for the Green Bay Packers. Hold on to your gifts. That's all I ask. It's, you know, it's not it's not a complicated message I'm sending out here. Um, no, especially Jair. You got to imagine Jair is going to really put it together at some point and just like catch everything thrown his way. I'm telling you. Well, that's the thing too. Is it's like he's, oh, man, he's had a couple <laughs> of really good games in a row here, and it's like if he could just hold on to the interceptions, he'd be absolutely balling. Totally. But I, I mean. I know I'm, I'm splitting hairs here for the one side of the ball actually doing something. And look, to that point, I don't think anyone's really talked about the fact that Joe Barry actually adjusted. Mm-hmm. Like all the hand-wringing for those first sure. like two or three games, all the kind of like scratching of the head and saying, what the hell are they doing, et cetera. Joe Barry has at least done something. Like the offense he, continues. He still to doesn't have do a safety blitz, do. though. He still doesn't have a safety blitz. All right, but he's got, like I said, he's got linebacker blitzes. He's sent yeah. a corner or two at times. Yeah. Like, and look, and, and he's Bari, had Jair right? traveling with Bari the best late. Lot. Yep, that was. And good. he's had he's had the best you know corner on there, number one guy playing in the slot. Yeah, they played more yeah. press man. You know, it's like they played press. Yeah, that was crazy. There's been an adjustment, and I'm not saying I it's think he a wild adjustment. He clearly does. He obviously does. No, well, he and his does. players supposedly came to him and said, 
we think we should be doing more of this. And he listened. Curious if that's happening on offense. But hmm. I just got to say, shout out to Joe Barry. No one's really talked about it. I haven't seen it discussed much. Joe Barry actually adjusted. God bless him. I mean, someone did. That's good. That's a good thing. That's a step in the right direction. Again, I'm not so sure why it took six weeks or so for them to go, oh, yeah, we should play press man and let Jair yeah. travel with the best guy. But I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm all about that life. If the refs don't take away that defensive fumble recovery for oh, a touchdown. God. Yes. We yes, basically win true. the game. We probably win the game. That's true. But also, if I'm you know what? Okay, wait. I just want to. I want to tell 1919. Okay, uh, one thing. I oh, ate boy. at 1919 on Monday, and 1919 is really good. But really, wow. do you really need to this play the freaking game that you lost the next day in the restaurant? <laughs> I'm sitting there eating my food. I'm like having some tacos. Those rib tacos are good. They're like short rib tacos. <laughs> and then I'm like Amazing. getting ready for my walleye. I look up and I shit you not. Monday night football's on the left and the right. Packers game from Sunday's on the right. And I well, I wanted to throw up. I was just like, it's really? It's the Packers. It's their most recent game. <sighs> for the love. Like, there should be a rule about this. Like, if the Packers lose, do not show any recent Packers losses within six days in this establishment. Like, have some six respect. Days. How can you choose violence for your customers? That's a fair point. It's a very fair point. <sighs> I, because I of all so, the highlights, was, yeah, Corey. I was, <laughs> I was so mad I almost wrote a letter to Mark Murphy, I'm telling you. How many letters have you almost written to Mark Murphy this year? <laughs> <laughs> Do you really want to know? <laughs> I do want to know. I do want to know. What's crazy is I know I it's have, more than one. I have so much video evidence of things that pe people have no idea. And then I show people the video evidence and they're just like, oh, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you almost made um, a snarf. Well done. Well done. No, well done. seriously. 1919, get your shit together. Your food is really good, by the way. But get your shit together. Don't be playing losses in the right the date. God, it just... It's triggering, man. It's triggering. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it so much. Let's talk about this game on Sunday night. Corey, I, I got to ask you, before we talk about this matchup, how do you see it going down? Packers traveling to Buffalo. What's your take on Packers versus Bills? I've already said Packers by seven. This is one of those games. This is one of those games. Wow. It's fine. It's fine. Everyone mm -hmm. can doubt. That's fine. I, I'm, I'll never be the doubter. Like, there are so many reasons the Packers can win this game. It's ridiculous. And it's not even – they don't even have to put together that good of a game. They don't even need to run the ball. Aaron Rodgers doesn't even need to be that good. We do need to get a couple pick sixes, maybe maybe two, maybe at least one. <laughs> but, uh, but there are – but, but that... You do need an act of God, but other than that <laughs> – uh, You know, good. a defensive fumble for a recovery or a safety wouldn't hurt. Right, right. Um, yeah, but, yeah. you know, need a, I you need you know, a ball to bounce do, your way. Yeah. I, I think the Bills are a very good team, but as we know in the NFL, 32, 132nd, uh, there's some parity in this league, and uh, people don't really realize how much the parity is. And, you know, the, the players on this team, uh, when given an insurmountable task, 20% uh, of the time uh, meet that task. So, you know, there's a good chance. I'm down with it. I am down with it. Um well, and it's not a playoff game, here, by the way. So we have this. This no, is this is boding well. A lot for the of ball Packers. game left. Boding out. well for the Packers. Yeah. Not yeah, a playoff right. game. It's not a playoff game, exactly. Um, so some fun stuff. 
some some fun stuff just to just throw out there leading into this game. Bills are coming off their bye week, and Sean McDermott, as the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, is five and zero after a bye week, which. Okay, that's not fun. So let's let's try and find something better, right? Uh, the Packers are zero and six all time in Buffalo, and I was I like there it. for one of them. I like it. Zero and six all time in Buffalo. Now, did you know the Buffalo Bills I, lost the Super Bowl four years in a row? In a row. <laughs> yes, I was aware. I was. You aware. want to talk about depressing? Oh my that's goodness. Why that is literally why Brett Favre turned around at the end of the Super Bowl and handed the ball to Don Beebe because Don had like lost so many Super Bowls in his career. And he was like, <laughs> here you go, buddy. <laughs> there you go. Um, finally, I like, love, look, I'm going to love how when the Packers win by seven, I'm going to love pushing in everybody's face. And I hope everybody's going to love pushing in my face when we don't. But if we do, you're never going to hear it from me. I'm going to block Peter. Bukowski never, finally. ever, ever. I'm finally going to get the nerve to, follow, to block. Yeah. Anytime anybody calls me a homer, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, ha ha. What about that? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um. Well, what's funny is that we've spent so much kind of bandwidth this week and pretty much all year talking about the Packers offense and the problems and etc and I think it won't be any different because Aaron Rodgers is there and he's such a big star and you you are all the framing around this game the fact that it's the biggest they're the biggest underdog in Aaron Rodgers career as a starter like I, I believe the line went up to 11 um you know it's like that's been all kind of the oxygen but what's fascinating to me is that this is going to feature the number one passing offense in the league in the Buffalo Bills against, and this is true, the number one pass defense in the NFL of the Green Bay Packers. I like it. I mean, it's going to be fun. That's, no that's, one believes I mean, that, by the way. Jair, no Packer fan. I don't think any Packer fan believes that we're the number one passing defense as much as we love nope. the defense. <laughs> And what would be think... fascinating is watching Jair Alexander <laughs> with his kind of reacquainting himself with Stefan Diggs because those guys had some battles when that guy was in mm-hmm. Minnesota. And this is going to be – that's going to be a fun time. Well, and, and to your point, maybe maybe Joe Barry and Jair and Devondre mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Amos Kenny Clark. and yeah. – um, Rasul Douglas are getting kind of on the same page where it's like, all right, here's when we get aggressive. Here's when we attack. Here's how we're going to attack their stuff. You know, we were the Vikings game is a kind of classic example where we could not just have Jair matched on Jefferson. We couldn't really like do that. Now we're kind of figured it out. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe this is the this is the Sunday. I think what's funny is on Sunday when again, when I read that we're the number one passing uh, uh, defense in the league, I'm gonna be surprised when I read that on Sunday. I'm just gonna let everybody know. I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna already be, forgotten. You're gonna be surprised all over and again. Surprised right? again because it'll it's that <laughs> surprising. I can't wait. All right, all right. Let's let's get to it. Let's get to the meat and potatoes. Let's go, Trevor. <laughs> This week in the Packer Blogosphere! That's right! It's this week in the Packer Blogosphere, the return of that venerable series. Corey Banke, did you know that the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers has taken up residency on the Pat McAfee show on YouTube? 
No, but I did know that he got the best grade of his uh, current season by his quarterbacks coach this week. Did did you know that? That's that's yeah. that's great. That's I found so that great. out. So I was so excited. So he he was on said program yesterday, Tuesday mm. afternoon, and he was asked about you know the problems going on both the offense with the team, etc. I thought AJ Hawk framed it well. Let's let's play the clip. How close are you? We hear people talk about like different players about their team. Oh, we're really close, even though they may be losing some games. Okay, we're close. We're almost there. We just got to figure it out. Do you feel like you guys are close and it's just one player here or there? It's definitely not just one player here or there. Like I said, it's, you know, 20% of the time. If if we have 50 plays and we have 10 mental uh, missed assignments or mental errors, that's 20% of the time. So that's way too high. You know, in the past, we're looking more like at uh, – you know, less than 10%. So it gives us, you know, a really good chance to be successful. 20%, that's too high. You know, that's, you know, that's a, you know, one play a series where you're really making it tough on yourself. So we got to fix that. And whatever that is, I think, you know, guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. You know, we got to got to start cutting some reps. And maybe guys who aren't playing, uh, give them a chance. So we're we're gonna see. We made some changes, you know, last week. We moved uh, Yash over to right right tackle. We moved John to right guard. Um, Elton to left guard. So you know we're we're doing some things, um, and there'll be more opportunities for other guys. I think moving forward too, especially with our injury situation, uh, as we look at uh, this week and see who's healthy. So all Aaron Rodgers did there was tell the truth, and Twitter lost its. Goddamn mind. Holy cow. Corey, let me tell you something. Last night, I'm hanging out, living my life, totally oblivious to the world. I woke up this morning. I, I was, you know, you reach for your phone, you start scrolling Twitter. Holy oh, Toledo. It was like a bomb went off in Packers Twitter. It, it's kind of like that interview was a Rorschach test. Like, however you, whatever lens you view Rogers through, really kind of got brought to the fore apparently from that interview. I just can't kill the guy for telling the truth. Guys are making mistakes. And if they keep making mistakes, they probably should lose playing time. I don't think that's crazy. And I know the pushback was that as far as I've gathered, well, he didn't take accountability. Yeah. We have no idea what he's talking about behind closed doors. We have no idea what's going on in meeting rooms. We have no idea what's going on in 1265 Lombardi. I don't give a shit what he says on Pat McAfee when it comes to his accountability. All that matters is his accountability to his coach and his teammates. Going on Pat McAfee and saying whatever, it's a fucking entertainment show, means absolutely nothing to me. And I know you most likely have a different opinion, but that's where I was just like, how are like people were losing their fucking minds about this? I actually don't have a different opinion about the Pat McAfee interview. I think the difference is, and it's funny because, you know, it was interesting, you know, in the Patreon happy hour, how uh, some people, um, younger people took my approach. I think (laughs) that the Pat McAfee show should not be taken in a vacuum. So I tie his interview to his behavior towards his teammates on the field on Sunday, which I did not approve of and I thought was very disrespectful behavior. I don't think that yelling at people verbally in front of everybody is a leadership quality. That's my opinion, and I don't 
I don't I'm not offended by Aaron Rodgers doing it, but the man gets paid fifty million dollars this year. I need him to be better. Okay? So you look at Aaron Rodgers' stats and you know, you know, his QBR on I'm looking at his QBR uh for the last seven games, and yeah, he had a ninety nine rating this last game. But you know, you and I talked pre show because I brought it up. I was like, Oh, well his stats weren't that bad and you were like, Well, he only really threw two two uh uh passes over fifteen yards. So Complete, here again, completed, completed, right. completed, excuse me. So here again, we have, uh, in my opinion, a lack of leadership by Aaron Rodgers on many levels. And the, Aaron, the Pat McAfee show, to your point about being a Rorschach test, it's whether you view that interview in a vacuum or right. you view it within the context. Now, here's how petty I am, right? I <laughs> I take Aaron Rodgers somewhat at his word, but I still am a little bit, I'm still a little annoyed. Back, go back the draft where maybe or maybe not his people leaked the fact that he was unhappy with the Packers, and here we are, right? We're two years into this thing, right? And like everything to this point, if he's not winning, is annoying as fuck. Let's be honest. So, like to me, I'm the Packer fan who I have zero tolerance for Aaron Rodgers' character, personality, attitude, and whatever entertainment persona he puts out there, especially when he's not getting W's. Because what we pay Aaron Rodgers to do is get W's. And if he's ruining the relationships of people on the, on the field, if he's messing with anything else, he's, he's getting in the way. So either be a winner or go away. Now, you, I get what you're saying, but, you know, to I would say, allow me to retort. <laughs> to his point, it is difficult as a quarterback, and you know where I stand on this. Uh, you know, quarterbacks, wins and losses are not a quarterback stat. The oh, whole backbone it. of that is it takes everybody, right? And if everybody is fucking up, it's difficult to garner those W's. It's difficult to get those W's. I totally now, agree with you, but here's Rogers, where I, Has Rodgers been perfect? No. But now again, of course, if you put what I said in a vacuum, right? But if you actually look at our shows where we've talked about this, right? Who is calling the plays? Matt LaFleur or Aaron Rodgers? Nobody yes. knows. Who is deciding <laughs> that this offense should run on whatever the fuck it is right now? Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. or Matt LaFleur? Because as yes. everyone in the media will tell you, when you make $50 million a year, there is Aaron Rodgers is accountable to zero people except himself. Not me, not yeah. Matt, not, nor should he be, right? Correct. I'm not advocating that. But he's not accountable to Matt. Yeah, I, Mike, I am advocating he's, that. He's not accountable to anybody. Right? Though. No, I'm not advocating that he should be accountable. I'm just saying he's not, right? So – Mm-hmm. I don't know who's in charge of this offense. So you know who I'm going to blame, as you just did and bad? Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. But 100% Matt, um, Aaron Rodgers is as responsible for this offense on the field and the win-loss statting, stats for it as anybody else because he's deciding what kind of offense we're putting on the field. Well, and that's the thing. It's impossible to say with any like certainty, right, in the sense of, Okay, yes, no, I have not been on the Zoom calls or in the meeting rooms or whatever. But I as a somewhat, you know, lucent 49-year-old man who's seen a lot of shit in my life, there is no way you can tell me 
that Matt LaFleur isn't acquiescing to Aaron Rodgers at some level. You know, even if it's just, and I'm not even saying Aaron's going in there every week and going, we got to do it like this, but there's got to be pressure on Matt at some level to be like, I got to make sure whatever game plan we come up with, Aaron's going to like, you know, or Aaron's going to approve of. There's no way he doesn't. And I think that is kind of the untenable position that this offense finds themselves in. There's no way on God's green earth that whatever Matt wants to run, there's no way Rodgers – if Matt came in, say, I guess this morning is when they would present the game plan for the Sunday night game. There's no way Matt goes in there and goes, well, guys, you know, we've really looked at it, and our best bet is to go a lot of two and three tight end. We're going to run A.J. and Aaron about, you know, 30 times. And Aaron, we're going to ask you to just get us a couple third downs, but we're really not going to air it out. We're not going to play spread. We're just going to run the ball, play three yards in a cloud of dust. There's no way that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't blow a gasket. Oh, and also, no, and also, just, no Aaron. Way. Oh, and also, Aaron, we're going to ask you to play under center for 50 snaps. You good with that? Right, right. I mean, but this is I the thing. Like, when is the last time? When is the last time? Aaron, I would say since the Bears game. When is the last time we saw Aaron Rodgers play in rhythm? When is the last time Aaron oh, Rodgers yeah. went back to fundamentals? When is the last time well, Aaron okay, Rodgers really? You know, you look at that AJ Dillon right, fumble. Right, right. John Kuhn himself said he he, he held it up high. Like high. Let, yep, let's yep. talk about that, right? So let's talk about the right. fundamentals of QB1 and what you have to do to win the game. And have we seen that out of Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, your QBR stats are okay. And yeah, Tom Clements, your enabler, gave you an A-plus rating. I mean, your mom should give you an apple pie next time. I mean, Jesus, what are we Man. doing here? I will say, you just asked, you know, when was the last time we saw him play <sighs> rhythm? And I will say, it was probably in the first half in London. In London, they 100%. Had a number, they, they had a couple drives. That London drives first, first half, half was incredible. Yep. Yes, 100%, yep. 100%, 100%. That's the way he was in rhythm. And, like, it was so funny because I remember the first third down, I think he – I'm pretty sure he was throwing it to Alan Lazard and it ended up in Randall you know, Cobb's hands. It was a big play. But outside of that, like, they had a couple of drives where it was like, okay, we're, we this is our way of operating. The problem is – and I think what's hubris. really bit them these last hubris. No, 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 is the problem. no, no, no. Yes, it's the, no. It's the last few. No, the last few weeks, it's been really difficult because they don't have those people. Well, against the Jets, they couldn't block anybody. But I'm but just saying, like, look, look, no, go back to what you're saying. Good about to the have Giants a, game, though. Have dinking go. and dunking, right? Have dinking and dunking, which is what they were doing in that first half of the Giants game. That's all based on timing. That's all based on quick throws, etc. It's hard to do that. A you know, repeatedly time and time again against two high shells that are trying to like make sure you're all limited in front of them. But also when you're dealing with a lot of young guys, a lot of inexperience and you're doing a pass rhythm offense. Yes. Well, yeah, sometimes that's going to be out of joint. Sometimes those guys are going to drop the ball. I I want you to follow your own logic though in London, because it is a hubris thing. What happened in Mm -hmm. London? We got to third and two, and we got too smart for our own britches. And we're like pass hungry right. all of a sudden because we're like, we right. can do no right. wrong. Right. And what happened? Oh, three and out in London. What are the t- Those are the two biggest yeah, yeah. drives where we just forgot. We were just like, oh, yeah, fuck it. We're just going to fucking pass the ball because we can do no now, wrong. It's hubris. Now, this team, now, okay. once they start getting hubris. good, they start mm-hmm. just thinking they can do no wrong. He thinks he's the 2011 Green Bay Packers. Uh-huh. Every wait, time wait, he wait, starts wait. getting good. Wait, wait, 
You just said he. But both Matt and Aaron said that those calls, the three and out that you were bemoaning, and was kind of the turning point. Like the offense since that moment has kind of gone to garbage. Yeah. Matt LaFleur called those plays. Both Matt and Aaron have said that. And I can only take them at their word. So maybe if those are Matt's calls, you can't just put that on Aaron. Well, I said he. You can't. It's a he. Right. Well, okay. I know who you're talking about. Though. Nice. <laughs> nice save, that. though. That's a nice <laughs> save. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like the, the idea. Okay. I haven't even made my main fucking point. Here. All right. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers goes on a fucking YouTube show, says some things, makes a joke about the fact that Tom Clements gave him his best grade of the year. He knows he hasn't been up to his regular standard all season long. That's the joke. But everyone loses their mind. And I will – I thought it was funny. And I will guarantee you that over 50% of the people, like, completely destroying the guy on Twitter did not watch the entire interview. Because if you watch the whole thing, I watch the entire you interview. get the sense, you get the idea of the flow, you understand it's a little tongue-in-cheek, he's having fun, and he's kind of dismissive, and everyone's like, oh, he's so arrogant and all this stuff, and yeah, sure, okay, is he arrogant? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't know him personally. He always has Obviously, been. I, I know him a bit, but, you know, that's part of what's made him great. Now, here is my yeah. overall point. Everyone's like so like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, this is leadership style. We've ESPN was at it all day today. Oh, that's terrible. Just be quiet. Don't talk like what? This is Aaron Rodgers. He's always been like this. So when he's winning MVPs and the Packers are winning tons of games, it's all fine. But the moment he's himself, when they're losing, everyone's like, oh, he's a terrible leader. No, he's the exact same leader as when they were winning boatloads of games. Exact same guy. Everyone's just up in arms because they're losing. That's it. Exactly. That that was my whole point. If you can, if you, if, but here's the thing. If you get the W's, okay. You get the L's, <laughs> I got no time for you, baby. Right. Call me Vince Lombardi, say, but, you know. Just say you're sick of his shit. It's okay. It's all right. I've Let said it. Out. I said it on the show many, many weeks now. I've literally said it. I'm getting shit for it. I don't care. I know. I know I'm not the know. only person. It's fine. I, I feel you know, no, whatever. I know you're not alone. Trust me, I know you're not alone. I am well aware of that. Um, all right, let's let's. I want to highlight something else while we're in the blogosphere because this is amazing. All right, there was a lot going on. You told me something about a Reddit bet that I had no idea about. That sounded incredible. Uh, but I wanted to highlight, you know, because Corey, we're here about, you know, we're we're all dedicated, devoted. Packers fans worldwide. And uh, boy, oh boy, is there someone there across the pond way out there in the world over in Sweden. Soren, this is this is something. You talk about putting it out there. To show my love for the Packers and acknowledge that we kind of <laughs> suck right now, Soren is making the following pledge. If the Packers beat the, Packers the Bills won. on Sunday, he will tattoo Mark Murphy on his lower back. And he has Don't a picture of Mark Murphy on the sledding hill going down the <sighs> tube thing that, on his lower back. I mean, I'm so pulling. I've, I've obviously always pulling for the Packers, but there, I haven't wanted the Packers to win a game this badly in a, in a while now. That's an amazing, that's an amazing declaration, Soren. So shout out to you. Really hope it happens for you, buddy, because that's fucking awesome. 
Nagler, we need to, you know, I got I got places to be. I got to go actually see a Green mm-hmm. Bay winning team. I know you okay? do. So an I'm institution. Gonna, I, All right. I'm very I'm very excited to announce that I have uh I am I I'm like Spike Lee is to the to the <laughs> Knicks. <laughs> right. What uh it, whatever the equivalent is in Green Bay, but I'm very excited to announce I got Floor season tickets for the UWGB women's basketball team and their exhibition tonight against UW Oshkosh. I'm really excited, and uh, I'm going to make sure to uh, show up. Uh, the women's team is the second second best team in Green Bay next to the Green Bay Packers, so uh, shout out to them. Uh, they are like the second winningest Division I uh, basketball team uh, of all time in the U.S., so... Uh, there you Shout go. out to the Look Phoenix, baby. Phoenix, UWGB. Let's go, Green Bay. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Well, to that end, let's get through these uh, YouTube chats, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, we got, let me go, folks. let me go to the plate. We got overshadow Sean. Here's me manifesting a $5 super chat. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you overshadow. What's up, it. buddy? Wendy Vance, my family always says the enemy of being great is being good. Perhaps the problem with the Packers is they've been good for too long. They've not really been great. You know, Ooh. complacency Damn. is a thing. I will Justin, say, though, who, who else has been great for, like, a decade? Patriots. Other than the Patriots, who, like, is <laughs> has ruined, like, the perception of everything in the NFL. <laughs> but they uh, they have, though. Uh, no, they did. I know. Ju- Justin, thanks to Super Chat. Roger's talking about all this manifestation and good energy and all their hippie stuff. Seems like a midlife crisis. I hope not. He's going <laughs> to live a long life, so I hope it's not his midlife crisis. I kind of miss 2012 Aaron Rodgers when he would talk about playing Halo with his friends. Word. I'm down with that. Okay. Chatterhead, thanks to Super Chat. Seven playoff teams, ten games left. We got time. Relax. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. There you go, Chatterhead. There you go, baby. That's what I'm talking Luke, about. Do thanks it. for the super chat. Haven't been able to make happy hours with my schedule, but love you guys, and thanks for carrying the G. Cheesehead TV changed my life for the Packers. Seriously, thank you. We winning. Oh, thank thanks, you, Luke. Luke. Thank Appreciate you, Luke. Appreciate you. Let's go. William James, not a Rodgers homer, but I love what he had to say on McAfee. That being said, I feel like sometimes he doesn't watch his own tape. Yeah, no, he has uh, He has somebody else do that for him, and his name is Tom Clements. Um, <laughs> he's Soder. That's, thanks for the super chat. It's literally Tom Clements' job, by the way. Shh, shh. Yeah, I know, and he gives them grades, and apparently those grades are good. Short passing game has collapsed without Watson. Uh, yeah, it, it actually has. That's a good point by Heesoder. Although I don't, I don't think Heesoder wants us to throw it at all. So um, no, there is that. He wants us Thank to run fifty chat. times a game. Let's go, Carl Van. What was what is funny is as an as an A data set for the full data mm-hmm. set. What if we did run it fifty times? What would happen? We might win. Carl Van Beckham. I'm in on it, man. Let's do it. Hey guys, do you think being a player-led team is working for Lafleur? Lafleur seems like he could be less passive. Thanks for the super chat. Oh man, that's a really good question. I wish I had more time to expound upon it here, but I think you're onto something. Yes, that's it. That's what we got. Thanks everybody for that. All right, awesome. All right, Banky, you got anything else for the fine folks? I mean, we've no. got to give a shout out to our Patreon members. Yeah, we had a good the Patreon, Patreon membership. Uh, happy hour yesterday. You guys, that Patreon happy hour yesterday was amazing. Really, really appreciate everyone supporting us. Patreon.com slash cheesehead TV. All we ask is five dollars a month. It supports everything we do. You get access to the happy hour, the shameless Packers podcast, lots of fun. And look, we started it during the pandemic and it has really grown into a, a family. I mean, it's crazy how I've really 
gotten to know a lot of these people on this happy hour every week to the point where I was in Appleton sitting there at the, the old bar at Cleo's and there's a Patreon member right next to me. It was pretty amazing. Like it's it just, you get to know people suddenly. Um, also, if Cleo's you're more of a creature, Bay, by the way, you, you should start one. There you go. There, there's your next project. They need one. Um, if you're more of a creature of YouTube, you're, you're not really into Patreon, whatever you can join the carry the G club here on YouTube. You get, access to special emojis featuring Corey and myself you get access to the happy hour every week it's a lot of fun and look you support cheesehead tv all the work we do for packers fans worldwide we cannot thank you guys enough both patreon and carry the g club members you guys are the lifeblood of everything we do here at cheesehead tv and cheesehead tv.com Corey, you got anything else for the fine folks at home no let's go phoenix baby <laughs> let's go get this Let's go get this W. Let's go surprise on side to open up. Let's go get this W on Sunday night. Let's do it. You got me all hyped now, Banky. Let's do it. I'm all in. Let's go. Well within our grasp. We got to do it. We can do it. That'll do it for this episode of Packer Transplants Live. We'd like to thank everyone, everyone who makes Cheesehead TV part of their daily Packers routine. We are and will always be devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. I think it's a fluid situation, and we're, we're – I know you guys love it, especially Nagler. I can see you smirking at me right there. Uh, we're going to take it one day at a time. And, uh, and just, it's going to be fluid, though. That's all I can tell you.